This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today with showers in the afternoon, high near 61. Tonight, rain, low around 38. Mostly cloudy Saturday, then gradually becoming sunny with a high near 43. Sunday, partly sunny with a chance of showers, high near 45. An apparent case of miscommunication prompted Binghamton police and fire units to race to check out a report of a person in need of help in the Susquehanna River. Police officers and firefighters were dispatched to the Tompkins Street Bridge just before 3 p.m. Monday for a possible river rescue. Someone had spotted a person in the water near the bridge south of Court Street. The emergency responders were advised that New York State Police had planned to conduct a diving operation in the area. Shortly after the police and fire units arrived at the bridge, a diver surfaced and assured everyone he was fine. The following day, the state police posted a bit of information and a few pictures online about the Binghamton operation. The agency stated the unit conducted dive operations in the Susquehanna with a frigid water temperature of 46 degrees. On Wednesday, members of the Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force executed a search warrant at 24 Robinson Street, Apartment 3 in Binghamton. As a result of the search warrant, investigators located several items, including a loaded 32 caliber J.P. Sauer & Son brand handgun, approximately 2.4 ounces of fentanyl, approximately 1.5 ounces of meth, 1 ounce of cocaine, $4,500 in suspected drug proceeds, soft body armor, a suspected narcotics press, and items used for weighing and packaging narcotics. As a result of the investigation, Rayshon Thompson, Derek Brooks, and Brandy Myers were arrested and transported to the Binghamton Police Department to be processed on several criminal possession charges. On Wednesday, New York State Police at Homer arrested Leonid Kozlov of the Bronx for the misdemeanors of unlawful fleeing an officer in a motor vehicle, reckless driving, and resisting arrest. A trooper monitoring traffic on Interstate 81 in the town of Cortlandville observed a vehicle traveling at a high rate of speed and attempted to initiate a traffic stop. The operator failed to comply and accelerated in an attempt to elude the trooper. Kozlov exited the interstate at exit 10 in McGraw, striking a guardrail, a sign, and then continued toward the city of Cortland, recklessly operating the vehicle. He ultimately stopped on Main Street when he turned the wrong way onto a one-way part of Main Street and was blocked in by traffic. Kozlov was transported to the Cortland County Jail for arraignment. New Yorkers who have committed crimes in the past will get their criminal records automatically sealed if they stay out of trouble for a certain period of time under a long-awaited bill signed into law by Governor Kathy Hochul on Thursday. It will automatically seal most criminal records three years after serving time or parole for a misdemeanor and eight years for felony convictions. Sex crimes and most Class A felonies, such as kidnapping, will not be eligible for sealing. 
New York now joins a handful of other states, including California and Michigan, which have passed similar measures in recent years. New York State has sued PepsiCo in an effort to hold the soda and snack food giant partly responsible for litter that winds up in bodies of water that supply the city of Buffalo with drinking water. The lawsuit filed in state Supreme Court by Attorney General James accuses the company and its Frito-Lay subsidiaries of creating a public nuisance by making a huge number of plastic bottles and wrappers, some of which inevitably wind up falling or blowing into the Buffalo River after they are discarded by customers. PepsiCo said it was serious about plastic reduction and effective recycling. It didn't directly comment on the lawsuit's claim that it was legally responsible for keeping garbage out of the Buffalo River. It appeared to be business as usual at Starbucks stores in Broome County despite a move by a union to encourage workers to walk off the job on Thursday. A check of operations at two Starbucks locations in the Vestal Parkway and a store on Front Street in the town of Dickinson turned up no sign of employee protests. Starbucks Workers United, which represents employees at some of the company's stores in the United States, organized what it billed as the Red Cup Rebellion. The union called on workers to go on strike on Thursday when Starbucks held its Red Cup Day promotion. Customers could receive a reusable cup if they bought certain drinks. According to the Starbucks Workers United website, customers and allies were being encouraged to hold uh, actions outside of non-union Starbucks stores to demand Starbucks respect union rights. The unions had walkouts occurred at more than 200 stores, but its website indicated only a few of the job actions occurred in upstate New York. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now for Friday, November 17th, 2023. Good morning. Phone lines are open for anyone who wishes to communicate directly with me. 607-772-1290. All right. One more time. Grab a pen. Grab a paper. 607-772-1290. And we are... So pleased to be with you for another day, wrapping up another fascinating work week here in the Binghamton area. The Binghamton area. I hope it's been a, a productive and rewarding week for you. hope you're thankful for a few things. If you want to talk about being thankful, you can. I know some people say, well, why don't you wait till next week when that's the week we're supposed to be thankful? Well, you can be thankful every day. <laughs> you should try to be thankful every day, if possible. If possible. Taking a look at uh, some of the headlines. New York Post is always an interesting source. New York Post runs the gamut from... Some serious news to 
what I would classify as news you really can't use. So New York Post at this point, this point the New York Post seems to be all over the place, but whatever. Apparently, as I have said before, apparently it's working for them because they're still in business. Also still in business, George Santos. But he could be out of business soon. It appears now he he may he may at long last be shut down. I don't know. He's uh, he's quite a character, and I I don't suppose I'll ever interview George Santos. And even if given the opportunity, even. If I had the opportunity to interview him for one hour or longer, I don't really know. I don't really know what to uh, ask someone like that. At any rate, today he faces a new effort to expel him from Congress following the release of a scathing House ethics report. That's quite the report. The congressional probe found Santos allegedly used campaign funds illegally to pay for a luxury lifestyle including designer clothing and Botox treatments. Santos also faces criminal charges. He continues to deny any wrongdoing. ABC News reports the chair of the House Ethics Committee plans to file a motion today to expel Mr. Santos from the House of Representatives. That would tie up or excuse me, it would tee up a vote for uh, possible expulsion, but not till after Thanksgiving. And this has come to the floor in the past, but it's failed. But after reading this report, more lawmakers now say they're willing to kick the guy out. So, you know, it's a pretty serious situation when even members of Congress... I don't think you're good enough to stay in the House of Representatives. I mean, look at the some of the characters, some of the characters who've been part of the House of Representatives over the years. And sadly, I think it's safe to say sadly, the bar frequently has uh, been set rather low. It's probably only... A few. It's probably only a few bad apples, but still they make the rest of the bunch look bad. It's 915 at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. Oh, I'm just looking at the editorial. This is in the Washington Post this morning. Shame isn't working. George Santos must go. And I think I've mentioned in previous days, if he stayed on for the rest of his term, I know what what applies here. Hold on. If I had thought about this ahead of time, this would have been all queued up, but... um, I would say this legendary comment 
applies to the George Santos situation at the moment. What difference at this point does it make? See? So they, hey, if they vote to kick the guy out after Thanksgiving, I think Hillary Clinton has nailed it. What difference at this point does it make? Yeah, if he, I do believe under the circumstances he should leave on his own. I think he would doing, be doing everyone, including himself, a big favor simply by departing. But, but if he doesn't wish to leave for whatever, some people think it's a, a legal tactic that somehow if he remains a member of the House, he's somehow more untouchable. Mm, could be. It could be, or maybe he just likes the money, which and the health benefits. So, if you stay on as uh, a member of the House of Representatives until the very last moment, you still get a lot of money, a lot of uh, benefits, health benefits, and other benefits, and of course, an office. So, maybe maybe it comes down to that think the guy probably by now understands he's not going to be around there forever, so he's probably going to use the position for all it's worth. 607-772-1290, you're listening to Binghamton Now on a Friday morning on WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Your two biggest. First News Radio AM 21 at News Radio WNBF and more of your tax dollars at work. A federal jury has awarded more than nine million dollars to the mother of a prisoner who died after a confrontation with correction officers at a New York State prison. This is according to the Albany Times Union. The story is by Robert Gavin. The verdict was delivered hours after the jury began deliberating Tracy Cooper's assertion that baton-wielding guards at Danamora Prison used excessive force when they killed her son, Terry Cooper. He was 25. The Attorney General's Office, that's the office of Letitia James, who defended the correction officers, uh, the Attorney General's office declined to discuss the verdicts. The department that runs the state prison says 
And this is a thoughtful and sympathetic statement. Any loss of life of an individual in a correctional facility is tragic and a deeply sad and impactful event. The department is reviewing the verdict and considering the legal options. So whoever authored that award-winning piece of public relations from the Department of Prisons, they should be proud. Any loss of life of an individual in a correctional facility is tragic and a deeply sad and impactful event. Maybe it was uh, put together by AI. Or if not, maybe AI would have done a better job of giving the impression that they cared. Mr. Cooper was from Syracuse. He was the father of a young girl. He died inside the maximum security prison in May 2016. His mom sued three officers for at least $3.75 million. In addition to unspecified punitive damages, the suit alleged the officers used excessive force and failed to intervene to aid Cooper, violating his civil rights under the Eighth Amendment, which prohibits cruel and unusual punishment in the USA. The law allows prison officers to apply forth in a good, a force in a good faith effort to maintain or restore discipline, but not if it's inflicted maliciously and sadistically with the intent to cause harm. So there is, in the prison system, there is a time, apparently, and a place to apply force. I suppose there are circumstances where it really is justified. If people are getting out of hand, somebody has to take steps to restore calm inside a prison. But if people are using batons to maliciously and sadistically beat someone, well, that apparently is going too far. The newspaper story, that's the Times Union, reading from the Times Union website, the newspaper story reports Cooper had headed to the prison gym when he activated a metal detector. Two officers found an address book on Cooper that contained sexually explicit photos. As they walked him back to his cell to write him up, they were joined by another correction officer. His closing statement... Plaintiff's attorney told the jurors the officers used at least one baton to beat the 5'4", 117-pound Cooper, inflicting injuries to his head and back. The attorney displayed autopsy photos as he spoke, highlighting bruises on Cooper's back that he said were consistent with a person who had been struck with a baton. And the attorney also displayed an image that showed a bruise above his eye. The attorney said, the man's mom and her family are asking you to believe your own eyes. So he asked the jurors to award the family of Cooper at least $3.75 million in addition to the punitive damages. Attorneys for the officers claim that Cooper had punched two of them. They argued the officers tried to get the combative prisoner who was kicking them into mechanical restraints, but he kept resisting. 
which led one guy to punch Cooper twice in the upper torso. They say the officers who uh, eventually were able to restrain Cooper, um, he was escorted toward the infirmary but collapsed on the way. He died in the infirmary. So, uh, Tragic tale. Now, at the time of his death, you know, some people were wondering, most likely, why was he in prison? At the time of his death, he was serving a two-year sentence for, or a 12-year sentence for robbery and assault in Onondaga County. And so that's how he died. And now the jury has awarded $9.25 million to the mother of the prisoner who died at Danamora. It's 927 at News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Friday morning with Bob Joseph. Talk about local issues or state issues or maybe you want to talk about something larger. Whatever's on your mind on this Friday morning, we're here till noon. Coming up later today on WNBF, you'll be able to hear Dan Bongino from noon to three, Sean Hannity from three to six, and Mark Levin from 6 to 9, listening to News Radio, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, WNBF.com. News Radio, 930, good morning. Welcome to November 17th. Yeah, the holiday season pretty much underway, I believe. Here's the forecast from the National Weather Service. Cloudy today, showers likely late this afternoon. Continuing mild for one final day in mid-November. Today's high, 61. Tonight, rain and showers Low 38, between one quarter and one half inch of rain possible. Tomorrow starts off mostly cloudy, gradually becomes sunny, not as warm, high 43. Sunday, partly sunny with a chance of showers, high 45. Right now, it's 46 in downtown Binghamton. That's 8 Celsius. The air quality, not that good. It's... Getting worse the last couple of days. Air quality index is 70. It's moderate. So if you're sensitive to particle pollution, they uh, suggest you might reduce your activity level or shorten the amount of time you're active outdoors. So 
and breathing not quite as enjoyable today as it was early in the week. Here's some weather guidance looking ahead. A low-pressure system will move into the area Tuesday evening. Strong winds are expected across the region early Wednesday morning. Gusts between 35 and 45 miles an hour, so that's next week. In the meantime, everything is fine. At 9.33, let's take a call. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Oh, I want I want to talk, I want to talk about being thankful. Okay. Thankful and and before for? before we go on any further, please identify yourself. It's Beverly. Beverly from County Dickinson. Okay. And why are you thankful? Well, well, Bob, I'm I I'm very thankful that I can walk now. Before I couldn't. I'm thankful I'm thankful for my family, uh, who has helped me out in many ways. And I'm thankful for the Lord, uh, who blessed me to, to improve my life. And I, I, I would like to go on a trip sometime, a, bu- a bus trip. And I'm looking forward to that. And I, I'm very faithful. Uh, that I that I had my cat princess, you know, and for a long time, and I'm happy to be able to talk to you on the radio. Oh well, I'm happy to be able to talk with you on the radio. I really appreciate it, and I know our listeners appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm very very thankful for just about everything that I had mentioned I have had mentioned, but you know. The, the important thing is, Bob, is I'm walking now. Last year, I couldn't I couldn't walk very good. This year, I run down the driveway and run up the driveway. All right, but do so carefully because if if you're not careful, if you slip or fall, especially with the weather coming up, you got to be got to be cautious. But when I get but when I get out, I'm happy to get out. You know. Yeah. But I don't I don't go out every day. I go out oh maybe once a week. You know, but I'm doing pretty good, Bob. All right. Well we are glad to hear that and we're always glad to hear from you on, on the on the program when you call in. You get my walker. I'm very appreciated of that. Uh I use it in the house and I, I use it when I go outside, so Let's get some good use. All right. Well, I hope you have a great day and a wonderful weekend. Okay, you too. Thank you. It's 935 at News Radio, WNBF. Yeah, we are thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this program, thankful for those who listen, those who call, those who are guests, whether they are able to come to the studio or whether we just speak by phone. I'm thankful thankful for the opportunity to do this every morning. I'm thankful to be able to report in the town where I was born. So very appreciative, very very happy to have that opportunity that it's 
been something that I've enjoyed for so long. I appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity. At 9.36, let's go back to the phone. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Wow, that was fast. This is James from Binghamton. How are you, Bob? I'm doing well. I was up in your uh, neck of the woods last night, keeping an eye on Wait, things. Uh, uh, well, oh, the, the, the Dickinson property? <laughs> yeah. It seems this seems to still be like some sort of liquid trickle coming across the street from there. I keep thinking I should call about it. Is it a leaky hose or something? Like it's it's fine in the day, but then it freezes, and I have to pull out of my driveway. This is such a hyper specific conversation. We should be having it off the air. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, I haven't. I've been kind of in and out all week, so I don't know if you talked about it or not. But Tuesday morning, and I'll have to check the timestamp. But uh, Tuesday morning, I believe I sent you what turned out to be a very clairvoyant uh, email. Uh, maybe you got it. Maybe you didn't. Uh, about the Binghamton City Council, and the email said, uh, I can't call in today, but curious. In the, this is Tuesday morning before they counted absentee ballots, right, And uh, at the Broome County Board of Elections. And my question is, in the event of a tie in a city council race, what's the protocol? Runoff? Coin flip? Total party at-large votes? Foot race on the bridge run route? What is it? I don't know. Yeah, I remember the email, and, and sadly, for reasons I don't even know, um... I don't know why it wasn't read because it was. You're right. Nine oh eight Tuesday morning. Oh, I, you know, I, you know, you probably get a million emails a day. Mm, you know. Yeah, we get a million emails a day, I but, mean, but the mail department has to be very busy. And oh, got, they're like, very busy. Have to sift through the stuff to bring to you, and then the yeah. producer has to sign off on it. And yeah. Yeah, they almost staged an email rebellion yesterday, and then I talked them out of it. I said, you know, mm. things may be bad, but they could be worse. And they said. Yeah, I suppose. So we'll continue to... The, the the Wolf of Wall Street, I'm not going speech. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But uh, anyway, yeah, uh, I, that's know, an interesting I, I know thing. Yeah. I know it wasn't a real risk to write that. I mean, you know, they, they were pretty close. So, you know, one could pull a number out of a hat like a game of Price is Right and be like, yep, it's a tie. But yep, it's a tie. So my question is, Bob, as uh, someone who knows far more about local government and civics than I do and most anybody around here, uh, do you know what what the protocol is for a tie vote in a precinct? I'm guessing it's not. There's not a huge budget for a runoff election in a singular city uh, election district. Well, I, I heard. Know, I know uh, SKG had a had an article. Well, that's what I was going to say. I I saw it wasn't clear. Well, I saw their article, and I, I'm looking at it now. I thought the article that I read the other day somehow suggested if it was still a tie, that city council could decide, and I. Now, I don't see that. Wait, hold on. All right, so referring to Dan Reynolds, who is the Democratic Broome County Elections Commissioner, he said, according to the story by Phoebe Taylor-Volo for WSKG, he said, if it is still a tie after a hand count, the Board of Elections will have to determine what to do next under New York law. So all I can say is, if they don't know, I don't know. Uh, he said the board of or the state board of elections had indicated the race could go to the current Binghamton City Council to decide. Gee, I wonder how that would go. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, but yeah, I thought that too. But then, if you start to do like the mental experiment exercise by process of elimination, it's probably the most, you know, cogent way of doing it. I mean, I don't know. Flip a coin. Point them. I, yeah, well, I, well, then I, flip I, a coin. I think flip well, a coin is better. Say, do you want to flip a? Do you want to flip a coin or draw a straw? I mean, like. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, turning it over to a city council, I mean, I'm not saying yeah. that the outcome is a foregone conclusion. I'm just saying it's pretty likely who the current council members would choose. Well, yeah. well of course. Yeah. It, it, and I'm not but, saying but, that, but, by the way, I'm not saying, I don't, I don't have uh, a horse in this race in in the end whoever winds up winning that race it's fine by me but my my point is that i don't know if that's the fairest way you know it's too bad too bad first of all voter participation yeah. was so low but not well it's it? no surprise i don't know it, was, see, it felt it felt higher than well maybe if you added up it wasn't as much as the mayor race but i mean i you know i it it seemed like some i don't know what i guess maybe it was lower compared to other numbers you'd know better than i i guess i can mm. look up the records um, i have I mean, another a couple, yeah. couple other questions that maybe you could enlighten me to in regards to that though sure um how how long have have we had has, Sing has binghamton had a city council and mayor like has that been since our charter has that been the governmental setup mm. and also has has there ever been a situation where there was a supermajority in opposition to the mayor where they were the de facto like uh lead legislators hmm I'm not recalling instantly. You know, a couple of people who would... Be good Jerry Smith question. Jerry Smith would know. Matt Ryan might know. Um, Rich Bucci might know. Not sure if Richard David ever researched it. I mean, obviously, he's been in Binghamton for quite a while, but not as long as, say, as yeah. uh, Bucci and, and Ryan. But I don't know. I, I, I mean, back in the day, as in quite a while ago... I mean, let's face it. Now there are seven members of council. Yeah. There had been nine. And then I think prior to that, at one point, city council had 15 members, if I'm not... No, I don't think we need 15. No, I'm not No, I'm not proposing that. I'm, I'm not saying city council needs more members at this point. But as far as historically, I, I don't know. I've never... I've never looked that deeply into it, but eh, maybe some of our listeners know. I'd, our listeners have long memories. I, I know John from Binghamton had been a little bit critical of there being district representation for a city this small instead of at-large representation, uh, which it's fair. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a homer. Maybe it's maybe it's just me being the the, the local uh, who sees their own town better than anybody else. But I feel like I, I feel like there's a whole lot more hyper localism and neighborhood regionalism in this in this city that there is even in other larger places like even Syracuse if you will I, I don't know I, I feel like as long as it's properly the districts are properly drawn up correctly you've got very distinct neighborhoods and areas in this area and I don't know I think it's a good idea to still have uh, direct representative districts in our city yeah well, I'm inclined to go along with that I haven't there's another thing I haven't spent too much time contemplating whether it would be wise to make a change i i happen to think that the way it's working now is well in theory fairly good but the the thing that you look back in recent years i don't i don't really see where city council has been living up to what i i believe is its function i think it's supposed to be more um involved or 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 have it it just seems in recent years well, every everything that's places. yeah everything that's proposed by the mayor for the most part automatically is approved well and 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 i was going to say if there was one drastic thing i'd be kind of open to and i think a lot of people who grow up in the northeast don't always know know this system but in a lot of other places you have an elected council 
but then they go out and hire a professional city manager. With all respect to the mayor and the mayor's office, um, you know, there, there are people who literally go to school to be, you know, public administrators and then get hired as a manager. And you still have a mayor to do the, you know, the, they're effectively the president of the of, of the Chamber of Commerce and stuff, uh, essentially. But um, and I, that's I what's going on now in Ithaca. Yeah, Ithaca yeah. is in the process of hiring a city manager. Ithaca Times, well, not Ithaca Times, uh, Ithaca.com said uh, the Common Council has conducted interviews with two finalists for the position of city manager. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what people think of that in, well, in Binghamton. Well, well for, yeah, for, well, we'll probably, if we're going to use... Well, it's hard to use this as a test case for anything. It's such a unique place to begin with. Right. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I just was I just wanted to follow up on that. Uh, that just oh look, one of them is tied. Let's let's see what happens. And also, are the would it, that canvassing that day when they count those ballots would that have been open to the public for 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 viewing? You know, just to be there right as an observer because like I feel like a long time ago, and maybe it's the sort of thing that inspired me to get into media as vocation i feel like there would have been like reporters from multiple agencies at that at that ballot opening given the, how close those things were but given the state of how hard local as you know news reporting the media is you know uh and i'm sure it was open I'm sure, on it. yeah no i'm sure if i wanted to be there or if anybody from the tv stations or the newspaper or wskg i i suppose if anybody wanted to be there uh, reporters or members of the public. It's open. It's open. Um, as far as I know, I've never heard anybody say that um, the reviewing of ballots after Election Day is closed. So there are observers. I remember um, in 2019, at this point in 2019, it still hadn't been determined who the, the district attorney. So I remember being in that that room and, yeah, Seems like an eternity ago, four years, but that's been when this area had more reporters and I had more time to cover stuff like that. So I was in the room. I, I know, uh, former Mayor Bucci was one of the people involved in the recount along with, I can't remember if there are eight or nine or ten other people. This is all at the Board of Elections, all in the open. And I remember, um, Michael Korchak was in there waiting anxiously, nervously. I mean, I think I I have uh, an interesting photo of him taking a phone call. I think it was getting very close uh, at at the point where they were just minutes away from making the final determination that he actually pulled it out and he was on on his cell phone with somebody. But it was, yeah, it was, I mean, as a reporter, it was interesting and actually fun. I'm sure for the candidates involved, the, the word well, fun, the, the word fun is is not yeah. not appropriate. I mean, you know, it's tense. It's, it's that's, tough that's enough. Suggested, yeah. That's what I suggested in my email. Maybe they should do the bridge run or like a sumo suit fight or something. <laughs> you know, like, we could you could imagine the fundraising you could do for like a local charity. You know, yeah, and, uh, you get a big hoo ha together and hey. like on. On when, whenever a holiday fest is somewhere, or maybe at Roberson, you know, during home for the holidays on a Saturday on the parking lot, you know, we'll, we'll do like one of those, the 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 big Q-tip jousting things. For maybe the they could do. Uh, we get a giant pile of Nathan's hot dogs and Joey Chestnut. Oh, to, oh I I had to go there. 
That speedies, is speedies. Be speedies, speedies okay. Speedies. Who can eat the most speedies in five minutes? <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Bob. Have a great weekend. If I don't talk again, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank you, James. Appreciate it. 948 at News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. WNBF. 9.52. It's Happy Friday with Bob Joseph on Happy Radio. WNBF and Binghamton Now. songs reign supreme and that's uh thanks to our friend scotty who apparently is in northern california he just wrote an email and said happy song are you going to play that feel good song happy today that should be a friday tradition stay happy so there you go we uh, aim to keep you happy with the happiest music it's so happy so happy. WNBF.com has some interesting stories. A couple of stories I'm planning to write for uh, today. Did a an article about what happened earlier this week. It was just kind of odd. It's not the, certainly by no means the biggest story of the week. Just one of the more curious stories of the week where there seemed to be some sort of well, I don't know if it was confusion or whatever, but somebody saw something in the river near the Tompkins Street Bridge. That's the Susquehanna River, for those of you who are out of town. And so anytime there's a report someone might be in the river and might need assistance, they send the police and fire. That's standard procedure. So they send a bunch of police cars, a bunch of fire trucks, I think the fire ambulance... I saw the fire department, one of the boats, an airboat. So anyway, nobody from the Binghamton Police or Fire Departments actually entered the river, but there was all sorts of excitement for approximately two minutes until they verified the people in the river were people who were doing work, as in the state police doing work. So anyway, we did an article about that, mainly... Because the state police, after we pointed this thing out on Twitter earlier this week, uh, the state police the next day uh, released some photos of their underwater recovery team at work in the river. I, I thought the pictures were compelling, so we added that, a couple of those state police pictures, and there it is. For you, check it out on WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. 
Mostly cloudy today with showers in the afternoon, high near 61. Tonight, rain, low around 38. Mostly cloudy Saturday, then gradually becoming sunny with a high near 43. Sunday, partly sunny with a chance of showers, high near 45. An apparent case of miscommunication prompted Binghamton police and fire units to race to check out a report of a person in need of help in the Susquehanna River. Police officers and firefighters were dispatched to the Tompkins Street Bridge just before 3 p.m. Monday for a possible river rescue. Someone had spotted a person in the water near the bridge south of Court Street. The emergency responders were advised that New York State Police had planned to conduct a diving operation in the area. Shortly after the police and fire units arrived at the bridge, a diver surfaced and assured everyone he was fine. The following day, the state police posted a bit of information and a few pictures online about the Binghamton operation. The agency stated the unit conducted dive operations in the Susquehanna with a frigid water temperature of 46 degrees. On Wednesday, members of the Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force executed a search warrant at 24 Robinson Street, Apartment 3 in Binghamton. As a result of the search warrant, investigators located several items, including a loaded 32 caliber J.P. Sauer & Son brand handgun, approximately 2.4 ounces of fentanyl, approximately 1.5 ounces of meth, 1 ounce of cocaine, $4,500 in suspected drug proceeds, soft body armor, a suspected narcotics press, and items used for weighing and packaging narcotics. As a result of the investigation, Rayshawn Thompson, Derek Brooks, and Brandy Myers were arrested and transported to the Binghamton Police Department to be processed on several criminal possession charges. On Wednesday, New York State Police at Homer arrested Leonid Kozlov of the Bronx for the misdemeanors of unlawful fleeing an officer in a motor vehicle, reckless driving, and resisting arrest. A trooper monitoring traffic on Interstate 81 in the town of Cortlandville observed a vehicle traveling at a high rate of speed and attempted to initiate a traffic stop. The operator failed to comply and accelerated in an attempt to elude the trooper. Kozlov exited the interstate at exit 10 in McGraw, striking a guardrail, a sign, and then continued toward the city of Cortland, recklessly operating the vehicle. He ultimately stopped on Main Street when he turned the wrong way onto a one-way part of Main Street and was blocked in by traffic. Kozlov was transported to the Cortland County Jail for arraignment. New Yorkers who have committed crimes in the past will get their criminal records automatically sealed if they stay out of trouble for a certain period of time under a long-awaited bill signed into law by Governor Kathy Hochul on Thursday. It will automatically seal most criminal records three years after serving time or parole for a misdemeanor and eight years for felony convictions. Sex crimes and most Class A felonies, such as kidnapping, will not be eligible for sealing. New York now joins a handful of other states, including California and Michigan, which have passed similar measures in recent years. New York State has sued PepsiCo in an effort to hold the soda and snack food giant partly responsible for litter that winds up in bodies of water that supply the city of Buffalo with drinking water. 
The lawsuit filed in state Supreme Court by Attorney General James accuses the company and its Frito-Lay subsidiaries of creating a public nuisance by making a huge number of plastic bottles and wrappers, some of which inevitably wind up falling or blowing into the Buffalo River after they are discarded by customers. PepsiCo said it was serious about plastic reduction and effective recycling. It didn't directly comment on the lawsuit's claim that it was legally responsible for keeping garbage out of the Buffalo River. It appeared to be business as usual at Starbucks stores in Broome County despite a move by a union to encourage workers to walk off the job on Thursday. A check of operations at two Starbucks locations in the Vesta Parkway and a store on Front Street in the town of Dickinson turned up no sign of employee protests. Starbucks Workers United, which represents employees at some of the company's stores in the United States, organized what it billed as the Red Cup Rebellion. The union called on workers to go on strike on Thursday when Starbucks held its Red Cup Day promotion. Customers could receive a reusable cup if they bought certain drinks. According to the Starbucks Workers United website, customers and allies were being encouraged to hold uh, actions outside of non-union Starbucks stores to demand Starbucks respect union rights. The unions had walkouts occurred at more than 200 stores, but its website indicated only a few of the job actions occurred in upstate New York. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Another big hour of the big show with Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now, and you're listening to News Radio WNBF and WNBF.com. Welcome everyone's call at 607-772-1290. So, take that phone, punch in those 10 digits, and be prepared to talk. Feels good to be running from the devil. Another breath and I'm up another level. It feels good to be up above the clouds. Makes me of the quiet island. Anyway, far be it from me to reminisce about... The radio of yesteryear. We're here till noon, and we'll keep an eye on things for you. Sure, something. <laughs> I have no doubt something is uh, going to pop up, uh, probably when we least expect it. It's the way it always is, isn't it? When you least expect it, suddenly it popped up. Oh, here's, I'm looking at a couple of the other websites around town. WICZ Fox 40. Um, there's, they have a story about a community Thanksgiving lunch. So that looks, uh, tasty. Looks like turkey and dressing. So it looks, I think that looks good. Give me two of them. 
What else do they have? Oh, a drug bust in Binghamton. And, oh, Thanksgiving dinner at Binghamton High School. Organizers are calling on the community for donations. We used to hear from Binghamton High School about the Thanksgiving dinner, but we apparently were not on their mailing list anymore. I mean, I remember in the past we covered it. We would do uh, segments with students and even the advisor. Heck, there once was a time when the superintendent would come in and talk about the great things that the students were doing at Binghamton High School and even the the principal. (laughs) Yeah, those were the days, my friend, back when they were interested in promoting the school district. Not so much anymore. But, uh, yeah, congratulations to the school district for operating in the shadows, I guess. 1013 WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, Bob, it's Bob from Port Dickinson. Hey, how are things in Port Dickinson? Excellent, excellent, uh, beautiful day for late November. Yeah, we've we've had a, a two or three really, really nice days. And this week, I I love it. I guess people should take advantage of it now because tomorrow and Sunday will be cooler. Well, it's to be expected. Uh, Just a couple things. Number one, I heard the little comments a couple days ago about the executive pay at the public television station. I think I know where that guy got his numbers from. It's from salary.com. It's a website that kind of looks at... Uh, executive pay, but it's really wrong. It, it gives you a big range, and I think that number he gave of 700 and some thousand was at the top range. Just so everybody knows, it's easy to find this stuff out. It's called a Form 990. If any not-for-profit that operates in New York, or anywhere for that matter, has to file a Form 990, which is a public disclosure form that tells what they do, where they spend their money, and how much their executives are paid. So, uh, I did pull a 990 on WICC, and, of course, the last one is 22 because they don't file their taxes uh, necessarily. Uh, you know, they're not caught, caught up for by the year. But when the previous executive was there, I think his salary was in the 170 to 180 range, something like that, if you had the benefits. Right. Uh, yeah, if you added everything up, I think at one point, yeah. I think the salary – Alone was 156, and then right. you could add, say, another 20,000 or so for benefits. Yeah, so you would expect that maybe there was a bump from that for this new person, uh, but certainly probably in that range, but you wouldn't know that until they filed their next 990. But it's easy, you know, you can Google it, go on the mornings or guidestar.com, will give you a 990 access. Uh, it's pretty easy to get. If you want that kind of information, that's where you should go. Uh, number two, Bob, I wanted to publicly thank you for attending our group's meeting here a couple of months ago, Citizens for a Better Broom, where we asked you some questions about media, and and uh, you were very gracious and took our questions, and uh, um, I think we share a lot of the same values that your audience, your listening audience does in terms of wanting smaller, more accountable government, lower taxes, uh, reasons to keep our kids from moving away uh, so that we have opportunities here in this lovely valley that we call home um and i know you love this place as much as as we do you make it your home and you've committed to to staying here 
Uh, we'd like to, uh, if I could, Bob, invite listeners to our meeting. Uh, we're very open and very public, and we would love to hear input from you. If you're of like mind, we meet on the first Monday of uh, the month at the Park Diner at 6 o'clock. All are welcome. And uh, we try to figure out ways for government to be more accountable, to be better, to be less expensive, and to keep our taxes low and to keep people accountable. So if you're of that like mind, you're welcome to join us. And again, Bob, thank you so much for your participation. We really enjoyed your your content. Well, I was glad to share a little little bit of uh, insight into how things work around here, and um, and also, even though things are are definitely not perfect, things also are are not as dire as some people would would uh, paint a, a picture where everything is just bad. I mean. Yeah, things need work. Uh, everywhere you look, though, in the world, things need work. So I, I think, I think with citizen groups, individuals, and dare I say, even government partners, a lot could be accomplished. And I, I don't think I, for one, I know as, as a journalist, it sounds self-serving that that we need more government accountability. But I personally don't think government accountability is a bad thing for. Even those in government, I think it helps them do a much better job or have the potential to do a much better job if there is routine accountability. And I, I include, again, it sounds self-serving, but it's not intended to be. I include, uh, um, submitting to regular interviews with the media. If there's a radio talk program in town, allow yourself to be questioned. TV stations, reach out to them. Have them interview you. Don't don't uh, allow uh, reporters the easy way to only cover um, photo ops and events specially created for the media. Be more accountable and be more transparent. And I think in the long run, it'll serve you well. I totally agree with that, Bob, and our group uh, supports that as well. I would go a step further and say, you know, there's a freedom of information law that allows us to, with relative ease, request information or even demand information that's publicly available. I would say this, that really all information that government produces should be presumed to be public and made so automatically and only in the case of where there's a good reason not to, like a personnel thing or pending litigation or something lawfully able to be kept on the down low until it's resolved, everything else should be presumed public and put out as public so that people don't have to foil something to get a response. Well, exactly. Exactly. The government, the government is working for us. The government is not supposed to be working against us and keeping secrets. Well, remember, the government is us, and... and uh, with that said, uh, we're, we're the we're the uh, purse strings of this transaction, and we're the beneficiaries of the transactions. And uh, that's our job is to make sure that we spend our own money wisely. So that's all we're doing. And uh, again, wanted to thank you for your participation. And folks, anybody who's of like mind, the first Monday of the month, uh, six o'clock, the Park Diner. We're happy to see you. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. 1020 WNBF. We're here for the community. Everybody in the community. Everybody. Individuals, organizations, government agencies, elected officials, candidates. Hey, 
If you're part of the community, we're here for you. Utilize the service provided by WNBF on air at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, online at WNBF.com. Of course, stay connected using the WNBF app. If you'd like to uh, chime in, if you have uh, serious issues to talk about, we welcome you. Or if you just want to express your thanks, next week we'll spend time focusing, especially on Thursday, on why we're so thankful. So you can share some of your thoughts at 607-772-1290. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. Today. Just have fun. That's what we'll do because it's Friday at 1024 with Bob Joseph. Is it happy radio or is it fun radio? We <laughs> we really don't know. What is this? A deleted video drama? Huh. I don't pay that much attention to football anymore, especially the way the Bills are playing at the moment. So according to the New York Post, the National Football League Corporation is looking into the Bengals and why quarterback Joe Burrow wasn't listed on their injury report heading into the game against the Ravens. Uh, apparently, he suffered an injury to his wrists that led him to being ruled out of the second half of the Thursday night game. The injury raised the hackles of many after the team posted and then deleted a video to social media in which he could be seen wearing a brace or soft cast on his throwing hand. Burrow did not appear on the Cincinnati injury report during the week. If the NFL Corporation finds a compliance issue with the team's handling of the injury report, the Bengals could be fined or docked a draft pick. And Burrow appeared to be in discomfort after connecting on a four-yard touchdown pass with Joe Mixon in the second quarter on what ended up being his final play. All right, another scandal. Another potential scandal in sports. And, of course, no one, <laughs> no one is particularly surprised. Oh, I know. I saw, speaking of NFL scandals in the, um, I mean, everything these days is going to be a scandal. You know. You know it's got to be a scandal or else you're not going to hear about it. So 
Here's another thing. It, it certainly is wrong, but in the grand scheme of things, how bad is this? So there's a person who apparently does NFL sideline reports. Now, from the inception of NFL sideline reports, I thought it was just an unnecessary annoyance as as a casual viewer I'm don't don't mistake me for a big NFL fan as an extremely casual viewer sideline reports to me have never really been helpful I never thought that the NFL telecast was enhanced by sideline reports because it's all coach speak. And here's how the New York Post reports it. If you've ever thought that the NFL sideline reporters, Mad Libs, the coach speak they deliver to viewers at halftime, uh, one of the reporters confirmed a whopper of a conspiracy theory. She is a former sideline reporter who now is host of the um, Fox NFL kickoff show. She does studio coverage for Amazon as well. She revealed some tricks of the trade during an interview this week. So she said, I have said this before, so I haven't been fired for saying it, so I'll say it again. I would make up the report sometimes because A, the coach wouldn't come out at halftime, or it was too late and I didn't want to make mistakes in the report. I'm paraphrasing. So she said, I was like, I'm just going to make this up because, first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop hurting ourselves. We needed to be better on third down. So, yeah, a sideline reporter publicly admits that she sometimes made stuff up. Well, should she have made stuff up? No. Should the NFL telecast still have sideline reporters? In my opinion, no. I don't I don't see I'm not saying they're never useful. I, I'm saying my casual observation, they're rarely useful. I just find it more clutter. I know. I mean, some people are saying, well, that's because you're too old. You're too old to be watching football. You want football on TV the way it was back in the good old days, back when the Super Bowl started. Well, maybe I do. Maybe I want them to take, you know, instead of having every game with 300 cameras and 5,000 different angles and, and all the technology, maybe I think things have gone just too far. Anyway, so the sideline reporter admits making the whole thing up, or making, not the whole thing up, but sometimes making stuff up. So it's a little scandal. People will certainly have thoughts about it. Am I surprised that she would do something like this? Well, probably not. Some people say, oh, it's because she worked for Fox. No, that's because... She didn't have appropriate guidance. I mean, whether it was the people, the producers of the segment or whomever, you need to have people who give 
good guidance to, to young TV and radio people. And so say if the coach, for whatever reason, doesn't talk to you and then they throw it to you and say, oh, you know, Bob, what's going on? Well, then don't make something up. Say the coach declined to speak with me. But I can tell you, based on what we've seen so far this quarter or whatever, this is what they must be thinking. Don't make it up. Just be honest. Coach didn't want to speak, didn't have a chance to speak, or said something that was incoherent so nobody would understand any kind of point he was trying to make. Let's face it. The information conveyed in most sideline reports is pretty much what you'd expect. So are the NFL TV producers going to change the way they do their, their games? Of course not. No, that's what people have come to expect. That's part of... That's actually what NFL shows. That's what they've become. Let's face it, it's not even just the game anymore. Look at what's happened so much this season with uh, the focus, especially with NBC, but the focus in the league on things that have nothing to do with football. The only reason all this stuff happens, especially with the NFL, with billions of dollars at stake, the only reason it happens is so they can make more money. So you put on sideline reporters, you come up with storylines that have nothing to do with the game, you're trying to expand your total audience. Therefore, you will make more money. Even if you risk alienating the true football fans. You know, true football fans really have no need to hear the insights from the sideline reporter. And true football fans have no need to know about off-the-field relationships with the football workers and their friends, but somehow they think that it'll expand their audience, and I guess it does, to a non-traditional football-watching audience. It's 1033. This is Bob Joseph, media critic on WNBF. Tonight, 10.36 at WNBF. Hey, this morning, still following developments on the hit soap opera called As the Santos Turns. And indeed, the House Ethics Committee Chairman, Michael Guest, has filed a resolution this morning to expel Congressman Santos. That resolution comes a day after a scathing report. That's just a regular report. A scathing report concluded there is substantial evidence that Santos violated federal criminal laws. It's never good when you're 
the subject of a scathing report. It's bad enough if they do just a regular report on you, but scathing reports are... are not good. It's a hard time. Life is tough, but trying to survive a scathing report... Uh, it's could have been worse. This scathing report is only 56 pages, so if they really wanted to go full scathe, they could have, uh, you know, probably made it 10 times longer. But I think, I think they didn't want to overdo it. You know, at, at some point, at some point there comes a time when As they say, you don't really want to kick someone when they're down. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a scathing report. He probably is one of the uh, people who most deserves a scathing report. The ethics panel concluded he um, it says uh, it, they found a complex web of unlawful activity involving his campaign, personal, and business finances. It says... George Santos sought to fraudulently exploit every aspect of his House candidacy for his own personal financial profit. He blatantly stole from his campaign. He deceived donors into providing what they thought were contributions to his campaign, but were in fact payments for his personal benefit. So... I believe almost everybody listening is an adult, so we'll just say we're all adults here, pretty much. So people making allegations about members of Congress being ethically challenged, eh, you know, we've, we've heard a lot of this before. I think it's, I think it's a given there's going to be there there will always be some ethical issues with people in government, just like there are ethical issues with people on the radio or ethical issues with people who do the news. There are ethical issues involving everyone, every person. So to think that there aren't going to be some ethical issues with members of Congress, that would be foolish. Of course there will be issues. But at some point, and nobody knows exactly where the point is, but at some point you actually go over the line. You know, if you're using campaign money to pay for Botox treatments or campaign money for a Hamptons weekend getaway and campaign money to buy luxurious items that most of your constituents can't afford, you know, maybe you've gone over the line. Maybe you should... Take a break and examine the choices you've made. And so at, at some point, even members of Congress who probably don't expect very much from their colleagues, at some point, they're going to have to say enough is enough. And that's why perhaps today there will be some kind of vote. I don't know, maybe, maybe he won't be kicked out before Thanksgiving. Some people would say, well, it's kind of mean. It's kind of mean to kick George Santos out of the House of Representatives during the holidays. Well, 
you got a point there. Definitely feels mean, but what can you do? This thing has been dragged on for so many months. Some would argue they probably should have expelled him last January. Now, again, so much of this about George Santos comes down to a journalistic infrastructure that has been damaged, almost, well, not fatally damaged, but that journalism that's supposed to uncover people like George Santos before they get elected to Congress, that infrastructure had been dismantled in full view of the public over the last two decades or three decades. So it's not a surprise that somebody like George Santos gets elected to Congress without the public knowing about his proclivities for prevarication before they voted for him. It's not a surprise. The question is, how many others who run for office don't get properly vetted? Because the media we used to be able to depend on, it's just not there anymore. So George Santos might not be the only person in Congress who who is engaged in some curious ethical issues. He may be just one of many, for all we know. But you're not going to find out about a lot of people until it's too late because... Thousands of reporters have been fired over the last decade. And thousands more will be fired in the next few years. That's how it is. That is how it works in America. You're not going to get any... Well, let me rephrase. I was going to say you're not going to get any watchdog journalism. No, you'll get some watchdog journalism. There is some good journalism being committed in America today, but it's just not as much as we used to have, and it's certainly nowhere near the amount of true journalism we need, because the people who run these media companies pretty much don't don't care about the news. <laughs> they care about one thing, the shareholder. Oh, two things, and they're annual bonus as the year comes to an end. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, WNBF.com.
go. WNBF at 10.48. So the UAW members have uh, finally given approval to their agreements with the uh, car makers. So that's good news. It was a little bit close for General Motors. Some of the people watching thought maybe the union, UAW union, ultimately would not give its approval to the tentative deal with GM, but they ultimately did. So, all right, well, that's good news, I guess, for workers. Oh, speaking of workers, we did uh, a little story on the website about the Starbucks. I thought uh, there's quite a bit of coverage about the Starbucks so-called red cup rebellion. So for some reason they were giving out colorful plastic cups. And so um, the story in the New York Times says union workers walk out for Starbucks giveaway. So people show up apparently every November to get a free plastic cup with the appropriate purchase. So I stopped by some of the Starbucks locations just to see how it was going. And uh, the three locations I checked on Thursday, everything seemed to be going okay. So uh, if there was some sort of red cup rebellion at Starbucks stores in the U.S., uh, apparently the rebellion did not occur in Broome County, at least not not when I checked the two spots on the Vestal Parkway and the one on Front Street near SUNY Broome. Everything seemed to be going fine. People were getting their colorful plastic cups, and I guess life was good. The coffee was flowing, in other words. Let's take another call at 1050. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm from Mendwell. It's been a long time. Yeah, what's on your mind? Um, the whole The whole thing about reporting... Good journalists can't report on the government and be truthful. Otherwise, they wind up missing. That's a fact. You know, and then the other. No, that's actually not. That's not a fact. That's your opinion, and you're entitled to your opinion. But that is not a fact. Um, there's even shows on Netflix about good reporters when they blew in our government and the military for moving drugs and stuff like that. No, I'm not saying that occasionally. That reporters who step on the wrong toes don't find themselves in big trouble because that definitely has happened in this country as it happens elsewhere. And you do, I will say this, no matter what your profession, whether it's journalism or any other job, you got to be careful because it's true. If you step on the wrong toes, you may face unpleasant consequences. But your basic statement, which was a very broad statement, that statement by itself isn't true. Have some reporters met an untimely demise because they reported on things that they probably uh, should have known better, should have gotten, known that they might get hurt or killed? Yeah, it, it happens. Well, that's true journalism is bringing out the truth. The second thing I wanted to bring up is uh, these, uh, these protests lately um, going in the Capitol uh destroying monuments, putting paint on them. Um that's been going on with the whole Palestine thing 
Um, they've only had two arrests out of all that damage. Um, pepper spraying police officers. By the way, I don't believe there have been only two arrests. According to whom? You, you look them up. Where? Where? I don't believe since the protests have been started since the war began October 7th, I don't believe in the United States there have been only two arrests. Where did, where did you see that? Do, do your journalism, Bob. No, you brought it up. I didn't, I didn't put a falsehood on the radio. So it's incumbent on you to tell me where you got that statistic that over the last month and a half, with many protests around the country, there have been only two arrests. Do your research. And my, my thing is, is, I wonder if they're going to hunt him down. Like No, my thing is, my thing is, retract the statement that you know to be false. I'm not retracting anything. Okay. Well, then, okay, we'll, we'll continue. I want to continue speaking with you, but we'll we'll note the uh, the veracity of your claim that there have been only two arrests as a result of protest and vandalism since early October. We'll say that claim is is being disputed. Continue. I, I, I would just like to see you know all these protests that are going on. You know they're 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 hiding the fact you got Democratic leaders that are supporting these these uh, protests. Um, you know, a lot of these protesters are being bussed in. And when they try to do the pro-Israel uh, protest, buses were supposed to bring people in. And a lot of the places, the buses never even showed up. So the question is, is who paid or to, for these drivers not to show up for this? But they all showed up for the Palestine. Our colleges are being infiltrated. And I'm telling you right now, our society's a mess, you know, and I hear... I've been listening here and there, and, you know, you got Mr. V that likes to call all the time and says, you know, the Democrats have to clean up the mess and this, that, and the third. Well, we got a heck of a mess. We got all these sanctuary cities that wanted all these illegals to come in. Now they they don't know what to do with them. They they, they don't want them there anymore. Like, I want to hear Mr. V talk about cleaning up some of that mess. You know, everything's, like, beyond expensive. You know, you talk about building, we're running out of housing and homes. Well, if we're running out of housing and homes and we can't even put our homeless up or help our homeless, why are we going to build more homes for illegals that are getting more than people that work their whole lives on Social Security? Like, this, this, this is the new administration. And you got, you know, and Mr. V says, China's not our enemy. Are, are you kidding me? I mean, look, look what, look, look what just happened the other day out in California with Newsom and Biden and, and what did, what did we get out of that whole deal? Panda bears? I was just going to say, we got panda bears. Thank you. It just says, because I was just going to mention that G cajoles U.S. chiefs with pandas. It said the streets outside the San Francisco hotel where the Chinese leader addressed a crowd of American business executives were chaotic, but everybody was happy because inside they were talking about more panda bears. So, hey, you know, yeah, China, we need to work to improve relations with China, but at least we're going to get more panda bears. So there's a plus. That would be a win. 
More coming up. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today with showers in the afternoon, high near 61. Tonight, rain, low around 38. Mostly cloudy Saturday, then gradually becoming sunny with a high near 43. Sunday, partly sunny with a chance of showers, high near 45. An apparent case of miscommunication prompted Binghamton police and fire units to race to check out a report of a person in need of help in the Susquehanna River. Police officers and firefighters were dispatched to the Tompkins Street Bridge just before 3 p.m. Monday for a possible river rescue. Someone had spotted a person in the water near the bridge south of Court Street. The emergency responders were advised that New York State Police had planned to conduct a diving operation in the area. Shortly after the police and fire units arrived at the bridge, a diver surfaced and assured everyone he was fine. The following day, the state police posted a bit of information and a few pictures online about the Binghamton operation. The agency stated the unit conducted dive operations in the Susquehanna with a frigid water temperature of 46 degrees. On Wednesday, members of the Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force executed a search warrant at 24 Robinson Street, Apartment 3 in Binghamton. As a result of the search warrant, investigators located several items, included a loaded 32 caliber J.P. Sauer & Son brand handgun, approximately 2.4 ounces of fentanyl, approximately 1.5 ounces of meth, 1 ounce of cocaine, $4,500 in suspected drug proceeds, soft body armor, a suspected narcotics press, and items used for weighing and packaging narcotics. As a result of the investigation, Rayshon Thompson, Derek Brooks, and Brandy Myers were arrested and transported to the Binghamton Police Department to be processed on several criminal possession charges. On Wednesday... New York State Police at Homer arrested Leonid Kozlov of the Bronx for the misdemeanors of unlawful fleeing an officer in a motor vehicle, reckless driving, and resisting arrest. A trooper monitoring traffic on Interstate 81 in the town of Cortlandville observed a vehicle traveling at a high rate of speed and attempted to initiate a traffic stop. The operator failed to comply and accelerated in an attempt to elude the trooper. Kozlov exited the interstate at exit 10 in McGraw, striking a guardrail, a sign, and then continued toward the city of Cortland, recklessly operating the vehicle. He ultimately stopped on Main Street when he turned the wrong way onto a one-way part of Main Street and was blocked in by traffic. Kozlov was transported to the Cortland County Jail for arraignment. New Yorkers who have committed crimes in the past will get their criminal records automatically sealed if they stay out of trouble for a certain period of time under a long-awaited bill signed into law by Governor Kathy Hochul on Thursday. It will automatically seal most criminal records three years after serving time or parole for a misdemeanor and eight years for felony convictions. Sex crimes in most Class A felonies, such as kidnapping, will not be eligible for sealing. 
New York now joins a handful of other states, including California and Michigan, which have passed similar measures in recent years. New York State has sued PepsiCo in an effort to hold the soda and snack food giant partly responsible for litter that winds up in bodies of water that supply the city of Buffalo with drinking water. The lawsuit filed in state Supreme Court by Attorney General James accuses the company and its Frito-Lay subsidiaries of creating a public nuisance by making a huge number of plastic bottles and wrappers some of which inevitably wind up falling or blowing into the Buffalo River after they are discarded by customers. PepsiCo said it was serious about plastic reduction and effective recycling. It didn't directly comment on the lawsuit's claim that it was legally responsible for keeping garbage out of the Buffalo River. It appeared to be business as usual at Starbucks stores in Broome County despite a move by a union to encourage workers to walk off the job on Thursday. A check of operations at two Starbucks locations in the Vestal Parkway and a store on Front Street in the town of Dickinson turned up no sign of employee protests. Starbucks Workers United, which represents employees at some of the company's stores in the United States, organized what it to build as the Red Cup Rebellion. The union called on workers to go on strike on Thursday when Starbucks held its Red Cup Day promotion. Customers could receive a reusable cup if they bought certain drinks. According to the Starbucks Workers United website, customers and allies were being encouraged to hold uh, actions outside of non-union Starbucks stores to demand Starbucks respect union rights. The union said walkouts occurred at more than 200 stores, but its website indicated only a few of the job actions occurred in upstate New York. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Now, WNBM. Good morning. It's Friday. We made it. 607-772-1290. If you'd like to talk with Bob Joseph Wise. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yellow, Bob. This is John from Binghamton. Yellow, Johnny. Here's a here's a couple of funny ones. You know, when I call, I miss sometimes I misdial the area code and then I start again. Well, doesn't somebody call me back and and says, you know, you called me, but he calls like at at three or four in the afternoon. So I actually have a friend now uh, in Montana <laughs> that I met uh, because it was a misdial, the, the, the 772-1290, but a different area code, obviously. And uh, so there you go. And he said, this guy is a character, believe me. <laughs> well, it doesn't surprise me, uh, yeah. it being Montana. But that yeah. um, that's interesting. 
and maybe someday when I haven't when I'm really bored so it's not going to be today but someday if I get really bored I might I might try um, just dialing say WNBF's number in different area codes and see what we come up with because that could be being probably probably not starting off with New York City or Los Angeles but indeed in some of the less populous states the Wyoming's or Montana's or maybe Idaho and then work our way up I mean after after a while I mean these days with so many area codes too you know that Somebody told me, a guy who worked for the phone company said that uh, they were starting to get worried that they'll run out of numbers. And I was like, well, you should have thought about that when you came up with the numbering system. The North American phone numbering system, it's very complicated in their guidelines, but it's too late now. Yeah. And well, you know, it's the, the strangest things happen, Bob. I'm thinking of giving up uh, my uh, political commentary. Why? Wait, hold on. Hold the phone. John from Binghamton, you're seriously thinking of giving up political commentary. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't make any money on the internet, so it's a free service, but I am uh, I'm leaning that way right now for uh, a couple of reasons, but uh, you know, uh Yesterday at the county legislature meeting, I had her Fred Akshar talk about the house flip that he made and how he's, you know, he, he's made enough and he's going to keep a parcel and they're going to start building their lakefront retreat. That stuck in my crossing is how he just got a big pay raise. But the, the surprise thing about the county, oh, and, you know, some of the legislators held up this so-called tiny homes project. But what's what's interesting to me is is that they don't call. Nobody up there says, well, I'm going to call Frank Siller and see if he would be interested in doing a, a you know, a co-venture. I mean, there was, this guy does this every day, twice on Sunday uh, for vets, for housing. He, he probably knows more about veterans and housing than anybody in the country. But no, no, they, they can't. They can't possibly do something as simple as that. They, uh, they're, they're going their own way. The, the so what, what is, well, you... You touched on this. So I, I need to follow up. What seems to be the problem with the tiny homes? I mean, I thought this was being widely embraced by, by uh, well, obviously, we know uh, Jason Garner has, has talked about it frequently on the program. And I just assume that there would be uh, widespread acceptance of the plan for tiny homes for veterans on Binghamton's north side. Who Who seems to be uh, not on board at this uh, time. What, what's the problem here? Stephen Flagg, Mark Whalen. Really? Uh, and you know, have they, they have they indicated what their concerns are? Are uh, the homes too tiny or are they not tiny enough? Or No, they're, they're not getting... Uh, they, they want the the tiny homes, they want to separate the parcels for one. This this veterans uh, hall or whatever center or whatever they're going to put in conjunction with this, it's all in the same same parcel. Uh, insurance uh, is uh, is a problem. Uh, they don't have a, a quote for insurance because you know uh, veterans are not. When you're housing homeless people, uh, that's a degree of risk that 
you know, that until they prove themselves, you don't know what what you're going to get. So that's that's a problem. And yeah, know, but the same could be said about billionaires. You don't know oh, what you're going to oh, or radio announcers. I mean, there's oh, you know, you're going to house anybody, political yeah, commentators. We, there's always a potential risk. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm just talking about uh, how the insurance oh, okay, company yeah. would rate it. Yep. So they have no they have no firm quote on the insurance. And somebody said that they were the county for a brief time. I guess was in in the rental property business. I don't know what it was, but someone alluded to you know well we lost three hundred thousand on that one. But the the most surprising thing was uh, my legislator Bob Westler. Uh, you know, and I, when I asked him what he what he's doing for the city of of Binghamton residents that he supposedly represents, he said I lowered property taxes. But I said, well, Bob, you you know you raised the sales tax. But anyway, he went on a a semi rant, uh, and it began with the indigenous people and uh, how uh, how Broome County is owned by you know the indigenous were on their land, and uh, you know it was a standardized thing. But at the end. Uh, he 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 uh, ish, uh, said that Hamas should get the hell out of uh, uh, the uh, Gaza. So he's a he's a, a progressive, an ultra liberal, but he doesn't like Hamas and said so at a public meeting. So that's that's an improvement. He's not a river to the sea man. Hmm. All right. Well, I don't know now. Here's another thing, and it's, you you know how important this is to me, and you also realize that I, I'm prepared to be disappointed. So was this meeting uh, available online? Did they um, live stream it on YouTube like, um, say, the city of Binghamton does with its key meetings, city council and planning board and so on? I, I assume Broome County government is quite the big operation, so I assume by now they – have figured out a way not only to live stream their proceedings but also to archive them. Uh, no, I think it's just a Zoom, and 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 unless there's a a, a picture that they can freeze and put in their campaign uh, photographs, uh, uh, that that's the extent of it. So this is an archive. So for people who missed the meeting, basically, if you missed the meeting, you've missed it. You 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 have one shot. You better be there, or else you're sadly out of luck. Is that true? I, I think it is. Huh. I, I, I can't find it. I don't know why it's hard, so hard for yeah. me. Well, I mean, I, I want to be fair because I brought that up several times over the last few months about Vestal, how how Vestal on the cutting edge of technology with some of the brightest minds on the planet in the town at the university, and yet they're unable. I don't know what it is, John, unable or unwilling to live stream their meetings, but if here's the way I look at it. Even though uh, the production values leave a lot to be desired, at least Binghamton is making an attempt to live stream most of its important meetings, the council meetings and some other important meetings, and I give the city a lot of credit. Sometimes people think I don't give the city enough credit. I give the city of Binghamton a lot of credit, and maybe – whether it's the mayor or the president of city council or the head of technology for Binghamton could offer some pointers to other governmental entities, the county and the towns and the villages, about how to do this. Because I don't think, based on everything I know about the Internet and YouTube, I don't think it can be that difficult. Yeah. Well, 
can I have 45 seconds because I forgot? All right, I'll give you 45 seconds. Okay, you remember when healthcare workers were heroes? Remember that? They were all heroes? I remember. I remember uh, people clattering their pots every night at 7. Okay, our community hospital, that means the one that we own, everybody in the community, our community hospital run by UHS has announced that there will be no cost of living increase. They're doing this in town meetings, so-called town meetings with the employees, and no Christmas bonus. What a great place to work. Yeah, but I also know times are tough. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's put it this way. <laughs> uh, I think it's in Wisconsin, and this was in Becker's uh, health care review. Uh, there is a hospital chain, I think it's in Wisconsin, and they have announced a 15% cut in uh, administrative pay, CEO. So you, you're not going to see that around here. Uh, these people are going to Aspen or Dubai. That's their choice. And uh, the employees, uh, they can uh, look for a Christmas bonus. Uh, I don't know where. All right. Well, thanks. We covered a lot of topics there, but... I have to follow up, especially the thing with the tiny homes. I thought that was pretty much a, a sure thing. I thought that was going forward. Maybe it still will. 1121. Information on the air. 92.1 FM. 1290 AM. And online at WNBF.com. I'm Bob Joseph. I call the program Binghamton Now. I also will... Continue to accept a few phone calls at 607-772-1290 if you have thoughts or concerns or even words of thanks. Feel free to dial in between now and noon. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. at WNBF, 35 minutes away from noontime when all thoughtful Americans in the Binghamton District will be taking a break for lunch. What's for lunch, I say? Lamb speedies? He said, hopefully. Till the answer came back, a resounding no. There are no lamb speedies to be had in the speedy capital of the world. It's got to be some place. Isn't there some place in Broome County that will sell a lamb speedy sandwich or a lamb speedy sub? Is there some place? Does that place exist? 
One of the questions that we are forced to ponder in these difficult times. Can't the government subsidize a lamb speedy stand? Is it too much to ask? Charles Schumer, or perhaps Kathy Hochul, or one of any other government officials to find a way to subsidize a lamb speedy stand. Come on, man. There's got to be a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. My kingdom for a lamb speedy sub on a Friday afternoon in Parlor City. Heck, I'll go drive to Endicott if I have to. Just tell me where it is. Endwell? No. Endicott? No. Vestal? Uh-uh. Johnson City? Uh-uh. Shenango Bridge? No. Port Crane? No. I mean, is it too much to ask? Really? My producer says, yes, Bob, it's too much to ask. Stop griping. Start being thankful. Okie dokie. All right, it's 1127 at News Radio WNBF. Looks like it would be a good time to provide weather for those needing. Cloudy today, showers developing late this afternoon. Also, you may have noticed widespread haze. I don't know if this is from the fires. I have no idea. I just noticed there's been widespread haze lately. High 62. Tonight, rain and showers, low 38. Tomorrow, cloudy to start then, gradually becoming sunny, high 43. Right now it's 59 in downtown Binghamton. That's 15 Celsius. It's 1128. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? It would be Jesse from Owego. Uh, that last song you just played was very interesting. I mean, I remember the original, and that's what I expected. And out of nowhere, I'm like, wow. Has this world really become that insane? The world has gone to heck in a handbasket, and I'm, oh, I'm, here, yeah. I'm here to report on it. Hey, uh, by the way, this George Santos thing. Now, I just heard on the news at the top of the hour that they are going to go through with a, another vote to expel him. The only problem with that that I have, he has not, uh, his case against him has not been heard yet. He hasn't been convicted of everything, anything whatsoever. So as far as I'm concerned, this vote's going to be null and void. And I mean... No, the, no, the House of Representatives, as part of their rules or whatever, has a right to expel a member. It just hasn't been done before. As ABC pointed out, in the history of the wonderful House of Representatives, the only time members have been expelled is after they've been convicted of something. But apparently the rules of the House say you can do it. I'm not here to say it's a good idea. I don't know if it's good or bad. I think it's just... Um, it's almost, look, he's, he's burned through almost his first year. We're ten and a half months into his first year. Hey, if he stays in the house and continues to collect the people's money for ostensibly doing the people's work, even if he's not capable of doing it, well, maybe this should be used to serve as an abject lesson to people when they vote. Know who you're voting for. Well, 
here's the way this should be handled then, Bob. Every charge that they think they have proof on needs to be produced and put out to the entire public before they even think about holding that vote. Because it's we the people that don't know anything about this. But then on the other hand, Congress, they are the best insider traders on the planet, and they are untouchable, of course. Just take a look at how their income increases every year that they're holding office. I mean, that's all the proof we need. I'm just like, hey, come on. We the people need transparency, and we're not getting it. And I'm not against them. I'm not for them. But, hey, come on. Well, to me, more than anything, my opinion about Santos, and I've never spoken with him, but just based on what we think we know, based on published reports, and then the, um, as they say, the scathing report that was put out yesterday, I mean, he doesn't look like uh, a guy who uses much common sense. But then again, I've, I've heard of those people before, and... In the House of Representatives with 435 people from across America, maybe it's appropriate to have uh, a guy who lies and cheats. Um, at least we know. I, I guess I guess it's no longer a secret. Maybe people didn't know about it when they voted for him, but at least we know now. Who knows? If he, um, if he somehow manages to stay in the House of Representatives, if he doesn't get kicked out by his colleagues... And continues, oh, no, actually he said that he changed his mind. He's not going to run for re-election. Well, the problem I have with that is if if you don't get kicked out of the House, then run for re-election. Because now people know now people know more about George Santos than they know about most members of Congress. So let the people decide. Let them run in a Republican primary, you know. For all I know, the people of that district on Long Island will like him enough and say, oh, yeah, he's a, lead, uh, a lying, cheating scoundrel, but he's our lying, cheating scoundrel. And then they might, he might get the Republican nomination, and then whoever the Democrats run in that district may or may not be able to topple him. But if who knows? Maybe... Maybe this is just a little blip in his political career. Maybe we'll look back on this in 20 or 30 years and say, hey, remember in 2023 when everybody was kicking George Santos and thinking that he wouldn't be around much longer? Well, some of the same types of people were kicking Richard Milhouse Nixon. And you saw what happened to him. He picked oh, himself up and became one of America's um, presidents. Who had to? He, he was the only president who actually had to resign under fire. But he still, and and to, tying this all in with today's program, he still oversaw the highly successful program of being the bringing the pandas in from China. So there's that. <laughs> See what I mean? So so Richard Milhouse Nixon. Yeah, there's Watergate. Blah blah. Watergate. This Watergate. That. That's all Watergate under the bridge. And, yeah, it was Richard Nixon who reduced America's speed limit to 50 miles an hour. So there's another black mark on his record. But 
Even though the 50-mile-an-hour speed limit and Watergate were unpopular with most Americans, all that stuff can be shoved aside when we point to the highly successful program that Richard Nixon approved, well, thanks to Hank Kissinger, his Secretary of State, they approved it to have pandas from China here in America eating lots of whatever it is they eat. Uh, it must be Vegemite. Well, it's not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely not Nazi either. Uh, here's a tidbit for you. They're coming out with new software, so I'm wondering how this is going to play out. You're going to have software hooked into your car, which is also hooked up to your cell phone. And if you try to go over the speed limit, the computer is going to automatically keep you at the speed limit that the highway is set up for. So. What is that going to do to revenue when it comes to speeding tickets if you can't speed anymore? Well, what's it going to do to our good friend Janine? I mean, she has to be beside herself. She'd have to go in the 500. No choice. So it would take her her an extra 70 minutes to get to Elmira. Yeah, exactly. On the other hand, I think, uh, and again... This is something we might take up on a future program because I'm sure a lot of listeners have have opinions about this. On the other hand, if that actually goes into effect, there will be fewer deadly crashes. Well, yeah, it'll be safe for everybody. Well, and that means there will be fewer news stories. But there would be uh, much less revenue. So then what are we going to get the help for? Well, the other thing news. is, the good thing is it also means that America would use less gas, and that means gas prices would come down. Because if people weren't driving 119 miles an hour through Tioga County, if they're driving only 65, imagine how much gas would be saved just in in one year. Gas prices would come down to about a dollar eighty-five. You know what, Bob? If you believe that, I have a bridge right here on Court Street. This side. I don't want it. Thanks for your call. Hope you have a good weekend. 1136, I'm in the market for no bridges. Believe it or not, 607-772-1290. I have no use for a bridge. This is 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, WNBF.com. WNBF Live. More fun, more often. Also known as Happy Radio. More happiness. Especially at 92.1 FM. That's the happiest FM frequency in town. At 1290 AM is happiest amplitude modulation setup. Vinny from Binghamton, you're on the air. Hey Bob, good afternoon. Well, actually, good morning. You know, I um, I wanted to uh, say something about um, patience. And um, 
you know, I was just looking at, uh, you know, our news, is, our news media has changed so much. We don't even get to sit down and talk to some of our candidates that much. But, you know, I'll tell you, if when I think of Joe Biden, when I've seen what Joe Biden, I think one thing that Joe Biden has shown me is um, throughout his life is patience. And I even go back to when he was married to his first wife and he finally won the Senate in Delaware. And a few weeks later, he lost his wife and his uh, one-year-old daughter, Naomi. They were killed in a car accident. And there was a point in his life where he thought God was playing a trick on him. And he was about to quit the Senate, but some of his fellow senators said, hey, stay in, Joe, stay in. And then we talk about he goes on and loses his son in 2015 to brain cancer. That's both. Yet he still stays in there. And, and when he was uh, when Obama picked him, and he talks about, if you remember, he came out for same-sex marriage before Obama did. Oh, yeah. And the White House. Now, I, would say, I would say Joe Biden, the man from Scranton, is has been in front on, on uh, a lot of key issues, even even though he rarely gets credit. Yeah. And you know what was, so, what was interesting about that? They said the White House was mad beyond you can whatever they're just they were kicked and he went and he apologized to obama and obama told him that that's no problem joe don't worry about it i know that came from your heart that's 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 who biden is and 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 you know i i think about even now you know they were taking polls back then when obama was getting ready to go into his second term they wanted to replace joe with hillary and uh, Obama says, I had nothing to do with that. He goes, no, I, uh, no, I wouldn't have gone. They wanted to replace him with Hillary. But guess what? Joe showed patience. And after that second term, Hillary, he stopped. He took a step back and let Hillary go out there. And, of course, she ran a lousy campaign, and, you know, the rest is history. But he waited. There was patience again. The man waited. And now he's got his term. And now you have some of these Democrat talking heads. Well, he should no. And this is where I, this is where I come about. No, no, you guys go stick it. You've done this to me before, and look what happened. So right now, I'm going out. I'm going to finish the job, and that's why I'm behind him. You can talk about age. Oh yeah, and to. they will. I don't. You care. know, they're going to yep. this this nonstop drumbeat of ageism. Yep. I mean, you know, keep in mind everybody who is uh, so critical of a guy. Uh, and his age, well, that's where we're all headed, we hope. We hope well, We you. hope yes. to get to that point where on our uh, personal odometer, we make it to the same point and continue going. So maybe, yep. maybe some people better think about where they're headed before they take shots at him and even the former guy. You know, it's, the former guy, I don't think most people... Even though chronologically he's he's got a lot of a lot of years, but most people that I know who have thoughts about the former guy, they're not talking about his age. They're talking about no. his record. They're talking yep. about the things he says and the things he does. But like I said, Bob, they talked about this back in with, on the second term with Obama. Oh, maybe we should put him. You know, maybe oh, we yeah. put Hillary in it. They can go stuff it. Eh. You know, and and a lot of this, though, just uh, parenthetically, a lot of this is still part of of how 
the U.S. media in 2023 operate? The U.S. media needs something like this until something well, better emerges. At some point, something else, some other narrative will emerge. Oh, you know, I mean, look, that's some people think that um, Dan Bongino and Sean Hannity and Mark Levin don't drive the mainstream media. Of course they drive the mainstream media. The mainstream media, to a large extent, will listen to those shows to get ideas for some of their coverage. Not so much because the mainstream media believe the ideas, but they they need the clicks. It's it's for audience. The clicks well, and, and uh, listeners, viewers, eyeballs, whatever you call it, it comes down, I'm afraid almost to say it, but nobody can disprove it it comes down to money Vinny. oh, oh that, that part i know yeah but you know oh. we're always talking about what brings us together and i think some of these these human things like i was reading about joe biden had a stuttering problem growing up all through his life stuttering and he used to stand what he used to do to help himself was he would stand in front of a mirror and recite poetry that's such a come on man that, that that's one of those things yeah. How many kids stutter? How many kids have those problems out here in our country today? And there's a president of the United States. Guess what? I did the same thing. Yeah. You know what I used to do? Well, those those good good ground home kitchen table subjects. Yeah, yeah. maybe he's too classy for the U.S. Maybe the U.S. can't have a classy guy. Maybe they need. Another type of guy. 607-772-1290. This is Bob Joseph. Friday afternoon is in sight. Yes, it'll be Friday afternoon in only 13 and a half minutes. But who's counting? Not me. He lied. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. And, of course, my favorite website, WNBF.com. Fifty at WNBF. Larry in Waverly, you're on the air. Well, actually, from Waverly, we were up at the library this morning for their sale. Oh, that's right, the book sale. So you wound up on Court Street again. Yeah, and the wife went in. Apparently, they got slammed Wednesday night. And uh, <laughs> what she was saying, the staff said, while she was in there, I did the local cat town on the side street between Lords and Avra, and there was three cats that crossed over and made it safely. Uh, <laughs> you know, those are smart uh, cats. Yes, they are. And uh, so we're here and she's in another store doing something. And then we're going for lunch because we always make this a day out. So it's worth it to us at our age. Hey, it's fun. Yeah. And that's yeah, a nice thing other, to do. Yeah. The other thing is I don't mind following Vinny. God bless you, Vinny. You bring a distinct flavor and taste to this program with uh, your thoughts and stuff, and uh, you stand for, you know, for what you believe, and God bless you. Um, 
real quickly on the Santos thing. I agree with Jesse. It's one thing to have a report detailing what they feel is, you know, his uh, sins, but the due process in this, you know, where is it? So that's just my thought on that. But they knew about this for a long time. And you talked about the lack of investigative reporting. There were there was a couple of small newspapers on Long Island that were alerted to this when it first broke. About yeah, and it, it, it did get a little attention, but it, it received but they scant said attention. The to, they said we didn't have the people to cover it. I know. That's that's my point. Down. That is my yeah, point. Exactly. They didn't. So, you know, America is in big, big trouble. The Santos case is just one of the most prominent examples. But, hey, the media, everybody that I know of is is suffering. Well, every exactly. every news organization is suffering because there aren't enough reporters. Right. And for political corruption, he's not the only one. We've got Senator Menendez from New Jersey who claims he's being picked on because he's a Latino. I mean, please, stop the reverse discrimination nonsense. You're getting it because it's possible that you have done things that are not ethically smart. Uh, the other thing is the former Broome County uh, manager. I mean, she had a bit of a, a go at it for doing some things. and uh, <laughs> Well, so, but she didn't quit. You know, well, yeah, but... You know, know, yes, it was, it was embarrassing. It, it was... You know, she she ultimately paid a price, a political price, and also I believe a price for things that weren't done correctly. And so, you know, I I I as all that was unfolding, I I still felt as a just as a human, I felt badly for her that things were were coming out publicly, and it was at times it was emotional to have to see someone go through it. I'm not saying wasn't anybody else's fault but yeah. you know and but see the these things you know a case like that or santos or some of the other cases that we could point to these should all be lessons for everybody not just for candidates or elected officials but for each of us to strive yeah. not to do things that are going to be embarrassing because now i'm not going to say just because you do something embarrassing, it's going to wind up on the front page of the press and Sun Bulletin. Because these days, due to a lack of reporters, you probably won't make it on the front page, even if you would have 20 years ago. But that's not the point. The point is, try to live your life as well as you can, and as ethically and morally as you can. Try not to break laws. Now, some people point out, and it is true, each of us, whether we know it or not, every day we break laws. It's just the, there are so many laws on the book, so we do break laws. Sometimes we do it knowingly, sometimes unwittingly, but hey, do your best to be better. Yeah. If you've made mistakes, and again, Santos is young, so I'm not, I'm not prepared to say whatever happens, whether he gets expelled from the House or whether he serves out his first term. I'm not saying things are over for him. Things might not be over for him. It sure looks like be, sure looks like it is now, but, hey, there have been surprises might, in the past. He might come out clean on this. We don't know. Well, These are just allegations. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, mean I, I, hate, I hate to say that I doubt it, but 
hey, I'm willing. <laughs> I'm willing to see where it goes, and Look, I, I wish. I, I wish he would be exonerated. Political corruption in this country has been around since the before the founding fathers, and it always will be. That's I mean, what was it? Late seventies, yeah. early eighties. We had Wilbur Mills. Oh, and, yeah. And Fox. Yeah, Fanny Fox. You know, those were the yeah, days, though. Things. For some some reason, Fanny Fox winding up in the. Tidal Basin. Those were those were the good old days. Anyway, thank you. Have a good weekend. Hey, blessings to you and your family. <laughs> thank you. Fanny Fox. What a way to end the week. And we're ending it. Thank you. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. News Radio 1290 AM. WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton. A town square media.